God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. What's up? How you doing? Dude, we're in it. 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 We are in the fucking podcast world, bitch. You thought it was the regular world? Hell no. It's the podcast world. Oh, what's different? Well, I'll tell you what's different is it's Christmas Eve. And look, we have a lot of conversations, philosophical conversations about all sorts of things, metaphysics and religion. But here's what the deal is today. JC's birthday. JC's birthday. Well... It's just a magical time. Here's what we're going to do today on the IOK, because we had a couple of heavy episodes the last week and a half, which I'm proud of those conversations. I thought they were interesting. But here's what we're going to do today, because it's Christmas Eve for those listening, is we're just going to let, we're going to let magic be real today, baby. Oh. Why not? Why not? Why not? You know, it's weird. I was, I was, I wanted to talk to you about that. It's so weird, because I listened to our last podcast, and I was like, yeah, what's wrong? What's wrong with imagining, here's what I like to do. I like to come up with an idea that could be true. That like, I can look at from any angle and it could be true. Now, is it provable? No. But I like I like the fact that it could be true. And if it could be true, who's to say it's not? Well, you're launching this back into a... <laughs> A combo that I don't know if we should do again. But, I no, mean, we're talking this. We're talking magic. We're talking about magic. I think you should generally govern your life based on facts and evidence. And uh, that's I, dude. I, that's I, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about facts and evidence. I'm talking about concrete logic. Like if I can look at something and honestly go, that could be true. The fact, like. The idea that this situation that we're in right now, this experience called life, this idea that we're alive, that the universe exists, that there are all these laws of physics, um, that this exists, this experience we're having, obviously it exists because you're you're listening to me, I'm listening to you. Now, I don't know if you exist. I know I exist. And you probably feel the same way. You're like, well, I know I exist. I don't know if Bobby exists. He could be a figment of my imagination. He could be an AI. I, I, to me, it's not obvious that this all exists. That's not an obvious conclusion to me, but it's real enough to believe that it's real. No, no, um, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's real or not real. I'm saying there's an idea that you have right now in your head that the world exists. Now that's real. Like you, that idea that there's a universe around you. That idea is real. That's what I'm talking about. But let me give you an example of how I separate this out. You know, someone could say, if someone was sick, someone could say, well, I have the idea that God can heal this illness. Okay? So there's that. Now, maybe, maybe so. Hey, who knows? Maybe. Now, on the other hand, you have penicillin. Okay? Now, I'm the kind of guy... Who want, I, I, I respect anyone's belief to believe in anything, but, but here's what kind of guy I am. I'm taking the penicillin. That's the kind of guy I am. Uh, I, I try my best to govern my life based on observable reality and facts. It doesn't mean I know that God can't do it. It doesn't mean I know what God is. Because you leveled at me that I, I pretend like I know. I don't know. But I'm just the kind of guy that's going to err on the penicillin. 
And I think that's a good example of how I see the world. That's my worldview. Dude, I'm not saying don't take the penicillin. And I and the other thing I'm and, and if somebody believes that God will heal them and they should not take the penicillin, I'm like people do believe that. Oh, I know they do. And yeah. my my first thought is don't take the penicillin. Because here's what we need to do. Cull the herd. It's called survival of the species. You don't want to take the penicillin. You don't want to take the vet. Whatever you don't want to do, don't do. As long as it doesn't affect me, do whatever you want to do. Believe whatever you want to believe. Now, if your beliefs infringe on my freedom or my life, yeah, no, 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 no. But if your beliefs don't infringe on any of my shit, Go right ahead and believe whatever you want to believe. I think where that gets tough, because I'm I'm totally, I think you and I agree so much more than it sounds like sometimes on the podcast, but I think where that gets dicey is when it starts affecting their kids. Like, what should we do? Because you, if you're an adult, uh, I literally think uh, short of hurting someone without their consent, you can literally do whatever you want. I, It's all Oh, I'm saying do me. whatever you want. Now- but, but yeah, what about when it are, you, are you living in America where we have laws and the law says you can't have sex with your 10 year old daughter? Then you go, or you go to jail. You go to jail. You want to have sex with your 10 year old daughter. You're going to jail. And in fact, those people should be killed. There should, they be, should laws. be killed. I mean, they should if be you're going to have sex with the kid, should be killed. I think uh, I have a friend who's a, a therapist and he's, he deals with some of these kinds of people and, <laughs> we have some pretty colorful conversations where I'm basically like, kill them. Yeah, and kill he, them. You know, and he's 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 in this tough spot because he's trying to help them. You know, he he sees them as really sick people who have. They a, are they are really sick people who need to be killed. That's what I said. I'm like, I get it, I get it. They're sick. They can't help what they like, but we need to kill them. So um, I, line them up, dude. If Michael Jackson was still alive, I'd be like, kill him. But he's such a good dancer, even though he's 65. I don't care. Kill him. Yeah, Kill but him. he did the moonwalker. <laughs> he did the moonwalk and he did it well. But that was in the 90s. We have video footage of it. So now kill him. Right. Right. It's been We documented. have the video footage. We have of the recordings. We have the recordings of the moonwalking. Kill him now. So he doesn't have sex with other five-year-old and six-year-old and eight-year-old kids. I just don't think if you're the type of person who has hurt a kid, and I think you're even hurting the kids if you're proliferating the you know, the, the pornography associated with pedophilia. I think if you've hurt a kid, I just don't see how a, a, re- a path of rehabilitation for you. I, I think you've disqualified yourself from the human community, in my opinion. We're living in crazy times. Now, it's all, it's all double-edged sword stuff. I mean, obviously in 1810, they would have just hung the kid. Oh, you had, you, oh, you're having sex with a six-year-old. Uh, where's the rope? Oh, there it is. Okay, grab the rope. There's the tree. Night-night. You're going night-night now. Then, then we're done with that. Well, there are other points. Guy. There are other points in history where it was just very much a part of society. I mean, in the Roman times, it was really common for you know the er, you know the aristocracy to have kids that they would use for those means. Then it was just part of society. It was almost like a um, a grooming rite of passage. <laughs> Dude, it's Christmas Eve, and we're going to spend the whole podcast talking about pedophilia because this next when I was when I was when I first got to Austin, I worked at the. Uh, Texas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas, JC. Uh, happy birthday. Um, I was working at the uh, Texas, Un- not the, what was it called? The It was a bookstore, but it, we just sold textbooks for UT. Sure. It was it, it was kind of a- It's like a campus it, bookstore. 
it was a campus bookstore. And so we just all, all we had are, were, were the books that you had to have for classes. So most of it was unreadable, you know, like fucking nu- nuclear physics and yeah. biology and bullshit like that. But we did have a few, we had some great books in the anthropology. Oh, by the way, all I did there was just read books all day because nobody would come, like they came in at one, you know, at the beginning of the semester, they would come in and buy all their books. But then once the school year started, Nobody was coming in there because nobody's buying fucking textbooks in the middle of the semester. And then would they sell the books back to you after a semester? So at the end of the semester, it would get crazy at the beginning of the semester. And in between, you just were hanging out. So I would just read there all day. There was a, that was the only thing to do. And that sounds so, nice. So that sounds a, like a good job. It was a great job. It was, it was actually great when it was really busy because the day would fly by. Mm-hmm. But what I would do is I would read these books. That's where I read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, one of my favorite uh-huh. books of all time. Hunter S. Thompson, yeah. And I also read this anthropology book about, I'm going to get it wrong, but it, I want to say it was the Yamagahanda or some tribe like this. <laughs> Good Guinea. try. Good guess. It, it was something like that. <laughs> and part of their deal was when, when, they, when the boys were like 12 or 13, they would go into the men's hut. And basically their whole thing was they – they thought that the only way to get semen was to get it from their forefathers. So they would have to go in there and just suck dick all day to get semen into them so that then they could go impregnate the women. By the way, all the women were just beaten all the time. And uh, these were the same guys that would shove like, like they would have the bone through their, you know, through their nose. They would shove like bamboo rods up into their, you know, like when you get the COVID test, but that was with sharp bamboo sticks to like prove how tough they were. And then they would snort some weird drug that would get them all like enraged and fucking crazy. And then they would fight each other. These dude, these dude, these dudes were chill, dude. This sounds like the trailer park my dad lives in that I grew <laughs> dude, up in. Dude, <laughs> these dudes were chill. Dude, you know what I used to do when I was a kid in that trailer park? So my dad lived in a trailer park and I would in Montgomery and I would go stay with him twice a month. It was as horrible as you can all imagine it. Uh, it sounds not horrible. because That's, it was a trailer not because it was a trailer park, because it was the my dad, but dude, I used that to sounds take, like military housing when I grew where I was growing up when I was in high school. I used to take a lawnmower. This would be my whole Saturday. And I mean, because there were probably 150, it was a massive trailer park. And I would just all day go knock on random people's doors and ask to mow their lawn for 10 bucks. That was how I bought my first amp. That's how I bought a lot of my first gear. I must have been 12. But good God, the idea now of sending my kid to just knock on 100 doors in that trailer park. I mean, I saw some weird shit just knocking. I saw some like domestic abuse shit. I saw a lot of (laughs) drug use. Yeah. Uh, It was really rare that a normal looking person came to the door and said, yeah, here's 10 bucks. Go, go get them, kid. You know, summer job. That's good. Great. It was just so rare that that happened. It was mostly knocking on the door of just a total nightmare. And then the door opening and me getting a peek inside of it and and clocking all of it, putting it all into my little brain. Right. And now here I sit before you at 37 and we've spent the first part of this podcast talking about pedophilia on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Because I'm okay. You're okay. Oh, totally. I'm not okay. You're not okay. But welcome, everybody. Welcome. welcome. And, uh, we're and glad we, you're here. We are. We are. We are. Festive. We're feeling festive. We're feeling we good. What does yeah. your shirt say? All I can see is Ud. Oh, buddy. It says buddy. And on the back, it says pal, which I think is uh, nice. What is that? Where'd you get that shirt? I got it from a thrift store. I got to tell you, I am on day 18 of running again, five miles a day and on a on a pretty strict diet. 
that I've been holding to. And I got to say, man, I feel good. I'm feeling a lot better about shit mentally. It's I need to remember that when I'm taking care of myself in those two ways, with my exercise and my food, and, and I haven't really been drinking, I just have to remember that it makes me feel better. I don't know why. It's I have like intermittent amnesia about this. Well, because what I want to do is I want to feel good right now all the time. Yeah. And I don't want to feel discomfort of any kind. And that involves any time. And that involves eating and it involves not exercising because I'm with you on that. It involves eating while I'm masturbating or sleeping. I've never done that. Those three things. Eating while masturbating. I've never done it either, but it's <laughs> either it's that. one of the it's just eating followed by masturbation followed by sleep, and then quick cycles of that twenty four hours a day. Do you ever sort of like come to like like I imagine our face? Okay, is like <laughs> our face is sort of where we are, but a lot of times we're sort of just retreated behind our face a little bit, right? And I'm talking about doing crazy things like driving a car. Oh yeah, hanging out with your kid. Uh, uh, you know, recording a, a beautiful song, you're kind of behind your face because that's where you, and you're probably in a fetal type position because of life. Because of life, but then sometimes you come into your face and you sort of come online. Do you yeah. ever do that and go like, "How did all this happen, dude?" That happens every once in a while. It happens like literally every, maybe once a year or once every eighteen months, where I'll just be like, in my friend. It happened the other day, and that's why. I ne- Maybe it happens every five years. It it doesn't happen very often, but I'll be like, I was in my front yard and all of a sudden I, it was like, I came to mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, this is my house. I'm 55 years old. That's exactly what and I'm this talking is my, about. I have a family, I have a daughter. How? I have a son. How? I have an ex-wife. How? What? I know. Because most of the time, the feeling <laughs> I have is that I'm 15. Yeah. And then I kind of go about my day, maybe not 15 anymore, but for a long time I was 15, then I did group therapy. And now since group therapy, I'm like 40 in my brain. <laughs> so now I'm like, even, but even if I'm 40, I'm still like 15 years behind what's actually real. I feel like what's, I think, I feel like a big mechanism that's responsible for that because it's funny that. You described it exactly how it happens to me too, except it happens to me way more than five every five years. But I think it's because I'm always waiting for something to happen. I don't know why I have that, but like I feel like I'm, I feel like I always feel like there's plenty of time, and that and I'm waiting for something big to happen. Right. Meanwhile, a lot of things have happened that sometimes I don't know how they happen because just like you, married before, divorced, seems like another person that happened to another person. Somehow bought three or four houses, a bunch of cars, right. had a kid. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm still waiting for something to happen. And all the big things have already happened to me, dude. Traveled the world playing music. Yeah. You know, played Red Rocks, whatever the things are. I keep thinking, oh, something's going to happen. It's like, dude, things happened. Where were you? Who are you? And the answer, I don't know. The song that keeps getting better and better as I get older and older, Once in a Lifetime by The Talking Heads. Oh yeah, right. Dude, well, it just keeps getting better. Have you seen? Have you watched American Utopia yet? No, not yet. It's on the list. I haven't seen um, um, the other David Byrne film either. The big one. Stop making sense. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. That's really good. They're both. But great. you're talking about the song where he's basically saying, 
This is not this my is, wife. This is yeah. not my house. Okay, I have a question for you, Bob, as an artist. Because you, to me, and I am your friend, so I may be a little biased, but to me, you are kind of like David Byrne level type artist. So maybe you can help me understand this. How did he know this deep truth that we're about, we were talking about in this song? How did he know it and put it on an album then? Because you're right. It's him saying, this isn't my wife. This isn't my house. How did he know that truth? I'll tell you how he knew it. The same way I knew stuff when I was his age. He was reading books by people who had lived a life and figured it all out. And then he read it. And then he, it was just there in his brain. And he was like, he probably didn't really even understand what he was writing. He was just writing it down. That makes it sense. Made, it made sense to him. And, and the other thing about him is he's deeply fucking smart, dude. That dude is so smart. Have you read How Music Works? Uh, yes, I have read that. When I read that book, I was like, this dude is the smartest dude who's ever written a good song. Anyways, yeah, he 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 was an intellectual. He was going to school and he was reading a bunch of books and uh, he read that and then he put it in the song. And now as he's gotten older, he's like, oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's all true. <laughs> it, I, I yeah. do that all the time. Dude, I'll write shit and I don't even know what it means. And then later on, I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, And but it, sometimes I'll write yeah. things that I think are true about being old when I'm young. And then I get older, I'm like, nah, that wasn't true. Yeah. So, something else is is more poignant or more real than what I was writing about. The thing that I thought I was going to be scared about, you're not really actually scared about when you get older. I wrote a lot of songs about existential sadness that I thought I was tapped into in my mid-20s that are basically like a trip to Disneyland now. And it, right. it seems really silly now. Right. So it amazes me when these guys like him tap into that in a way that's like really profound for a long period of time. He must hear that song now and be real tripped out by it, that he wrote that. I bet you he's real happy that he's got that song to sing. I'm sure for a long time, he was probably like, I don't want to sing this song. And now yeah. he's like, oh, I'm so glad I have this song to sing. What do you think about people who have big hits and then they play that game where they're, they don't want to play their biggest songs? I, I've never really understood that. I mean, there's songs that I play that I play every time I play that I'm not crazy about. But when yeah, you yeah. see when you see an audience go crazy for something that you're doing, that energy feeds what you're doing. And it gives that song new life because of that energy that you're feeling at that moment. But if you're not getting that energy and you're playing that old song, that's real bad news. Well, I, I get that you've lost your romantic connection to this. Like, I get that the song gets old. I get that. But when we're talking about people, that song helped people come to you and they love it. And when you're performing, your job really is to take them on a ride. And part of that ride for them is the song that they love. I've always just considered it sort of unprofessional to take weird stances on. We don't play a hit. It, it just seems like, well, the song is bigger than you now. It doesn't belong to you really anymore. And it belongs to the people that, it belongs to the people who love you. Well, here's my take on it which is I've never wanted to be in a cover band, even if it's a Bob Schneider cover band. Now, I wish somebody would fucking quote me on that. They quote me on some other shit that I didn't even say. What and I'm like, hey, about? bitches. Like what? Like what? Somebody, somebody keeps quoting me as saying, being in love is when two people get confused and forget they got confused or some bullshit, which I never said. Wow. I've seen that. I've seen that attributed to me a couple times. I'm like, no. 
<laughs> Here's my quote. GFY, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not as printable as whatever the other thing was. I do like the Nietzsche quote where he says, uh, love is a temporary alliance between two enemies. That's pretty good. Man, here's what I know about Nietzsche. First of all, as German as you can possibly get. That oh, dude yeah. was so German. Totally. Like he was, like if you sliced him down the middle, there's no layer that wasn't 100% Germanic. <laughs> like that dude was like fucking, there was like a schnitzel level. There was a beer yeah. layer. There was, there was sauerkraut stinky in there. cheese. There was sauerkraut. There was a goddamn the Berlin Wall. He did really embody that sort of German doom. He had that but, German that he did have that for sure. But here's so here's what Germans like to do. He's they also like, he was also completely brilliant. By so the way. smart. Here's what they like to do. They like to they like to come up with an answer, and then they get super excited about whatever the answer is that they came up with. Whatever it is, like Einstein equals mc squared. They get really excited about it. And they can't wait to tell you about it. And they just fucking hammer it. Whatever like, it is. Like Freud. Yeah, the Freud too with his like. And so he so he would come up with these brilliant ideas because he was brilliant. But then in between, but then to illustrate his ideas, he would come up with the most crazy, over-the-top shit. Like. Uh, well, he was too smart. He was just too well, smart for his own good. Well, the problem with him was he was like. He was, and to him, it was an obvious joke what he was saying. So what yeah, you yeah. have to do is you have to like sift through all these crazy joke stories to get to the essential information. That's what I mean because he was so smart. It was all child's play to him. Like reading reading Nietzsche, I'm I'm sure it's easier if you can read German. But for me, growing up reading his shit, like weird translations, it's I found it really hard to read. I actually actually had to read books of people explaining Nietzsche. Right. That's how I sort of understood his big concepts, opiate of the masses and what doesn't kill you, make you stronger, all that stuff. I had to basically be taught it. Right. Actually reading it. And it's just, and and a lot of those guys are like that. If you ever I mean, I've tried uh, not in a long time, but I tried to actually just read some Einstein too. I just can't. I, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm just not smart enough. Dude, I've never tried to read. I, I didn't even know he wrote. Oh yeah. Did he did he write did he write like Dude, he a, has a book. He wrote a book called on relativity that's supposed that to be, can't be a good no no read. it's supposed to be for layman it's supposed to be because relativity theory is like one of the greatest scientific discoveries of all time he's like top three of all time with like isaac newton right um like relativity theory is as important as the laws of thermodynamics it's like the three dudes are newton him and and uh stephen hawking maybe galileo and he wrote a book called on relativity that's for the layman because it's such a huge concept and it affects everybody and it's for dummies. It's not. I about, can't under. It's I can't about, understand it. It's not about him having sex with some chick named Relativity. <laughs> you know what? I didn't get too far into the book, so <laughs> something may have really happened halfway through. So one time I was, uh, I met, a, I was at a bar and I met a girl named Relativity, and um, I got on the Relativity, and oh, she was a very good time. <laughs> e equals MC squared, where M equals my my cock. <laughs> And E equals E equals everybody else. <laughs> e equals 
everybody on my cock. Let's just say time and space were curved. Let's just say that. What if equals MC squared was everybody on my cock squared? I'm Einstein, bitch. Dude, Upright Citizens Brigade, when they used to have a show on Comedy Central, they did a whole skit on Einstein, and the whole deal was that he masturbates too much, and it, he's like <laughs> makes him lazy. So it'd be like him, like at a chalkboard, he's like, "Must stop masturbating. It makes you too lazy, Albert. Stop it, Albert." <laughs> it was just like really long and really like uh, they just really committed to the premise of like he just masturbates too much. <laughs> well, supposedly, dude, he got around. Good for him. I mean, you got to do something and be like, you can't, you can only, like, he only, it's not like he came up with a bunch of shit. He just came up with equals MC squared. And then the rest of the time is like, who do I fuck? <laughs> like, literally. That was like, oh, what do I do now? Oh, try to fuck everybody. And he there's was a, married the whole time. There's a new biopic about Tesla that I saw, uh, I think with Jude Law, that I oh, think right. looks pretty good. Did you ever get hip to Nikola Tesla? I've seen a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a bunch of stuff about him, read about him, but Pretty I haven't seen that dude. new. Uh, I don't think it's Jude Law. It's uh, Ethan Hawke. I think Ethan right? Hawke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those dudes are for some reason interchangeable to me. I like them when it I got see bad them. reviews. So of course I haven't. Seen I like them. I like those dudes when I see them in films, but I don't like them enough to be like, oh, that guy's in it. I want to watch that. I I don't know. I have a weird thing with some great actors. Like, um, dude, I don't I don't know what it is about Jude Law, but. I don't want to watch him in shit. But he's good, though. He's great. But I feel the same way. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, I feel that way about. Who's the dude from Schindler's List? Oh, Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson, yeah. Can't stand him. I mean, I... He's a great actor, though. He's he's really great. He's a great actor, and, like, he's always good. I I know. I'm like, uh... Something about his voice. It's too raspy. I I haven't really cracked the code on what... what, uh, I let it be a mystery to me why I don't like it. Somebody um, told me that he has a giant dick. You know a lot about famous people's. I got some inside parts. shit, dude. I got I got fucking connections to the entertainment industry, boy. <laughs> drippy, got, drippy, drippy, drippy. <laughs> dude, I got it. I got industry connection, boy. All right, well, give us some give us some more uh, facts on. Give us some more de- private parts details. <sighs> if you got them, I don't know. I mean, I knew uh, Kevin Spacey was gay a long time before anybody knew, and John Travolta. I mean, I can't even imagine a time before people knew about that. There, I was, guess a, in the- there was a time, dude, where people did not think John Travolta was gay or Kevin Spacey. There's yeah. still people that don't think he's gay. Uh-oh. Phone ringing. We do want a podcast. We do want a podcast, baby. I'm doing a podcast, baby. Screen Master 5000. Uh-oh, you answered it on the podcast. Oh, it's a FaceTime on your iPad. Uh, that's, that's what I got. Who is that? That's my wife. Oh, Laura. <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely oh, not who I married. Going back to that David Byrne song. Is this my beautiful wife? Is this my yeah, beautiful wife? Yeah, she recently just cut all her hair off, so she looks like basically like a... like a, She got a pixie cut? Yeah, she looks like the chick uh, who plays Peter Pan now. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I like it. It's kind of cool. The chick cut. who plays Peter Pan. Who's that? Uh, you know, from like the fifties. Remember Anne Hache? Yeah, kind of like an Anne Hache thing. Kind of an Anne Hache thing. Yeah, man, Anne Hache or like nuts. a or kind of like a Rosemary's Baby, Mia Farrow look. Yeah, Mia Farrow. Yeah, man, 
I haven't seen that movie in a while. She was really great in that. So was John Cassavetes. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Actually, you've never seen that Roman Polanski. You need to see that, man. I mean, that's. I don't like to watch weird, creepy movies. Well, it's definitely a weird, creepy movie. No doubt about that at all. I think I saw it when I was a kid. It's creepy, though, in all the best ways. And in that it's I mean, first of all, it's Roman Polanski, who's just a genius. And uh, when it comes Uh, to films. No, no. Let's let's walk that back. Besides the piano, he can go fuck himself. Dude, are you kidding me? Chinatown? I know. Everybody always says Chinatown. Well, because it's a fucking amazing movie. All right. I'll give, him, I'll give him Chinatown. I don't know. It just sounds boring to me. I, I never want to watch it. Chinatown? It's just, it's a great detective noir film starring Jack Nicholson, one of the greatest of all time. All right. Maybe I'll watch it again. I do recommend that. But anyway, um, it's creepy in the best ways because it's not gross and it's, it's, it's a very um, slow burn. It's a slow burn, hysterical, and, and there's a sense of doom about it. And that's hard to put together. Oh, dude, also, did you never see The Tenet or um, Compulsion? You ever saw any of those movies? Uh, No. Or Cul-de-Sac? You never saw that? Those earlier Polanski movies? Anyway, doesn't matter. Hold on. Um, Cul-de-Sac? Zip. <laughs> speaking of that, we have to go. We've burnt this 30 minutes down real quickly. Dude, we, we, will- we burnt this fucking Christmas tree to the ground, bitch. Well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all you out there. We love all you in IOK land. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Actually, we'll see you before New Year's, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 